Welcome to the Dimes Alone Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Beal. This podcast episode, which was recorded in the summer of 2020, will feature my good friend Trevor and I discussing the boy wonder character Robin from the Batman mythos. We hope you enjoy. Trevor, what are we going to talk about? So, uh, we are going to talk about uh, the character slash mantle of Robin in DC Comics. Nice. Um, We're going to talk about uh, the many characters that have adopted this mantle um, and the overall significance that I think the Robin uh, character slash uh, identity brings to the overall DC Comics universe. Anybody who knows me knows that I'm a huge Batman fan, um, but I'm also a huge fan of basically all of the many networks uh, or characters that are in the Batman family, uh, the Batman network, many heroes that he's brought under his wing over the years. That pun. Um, <laughs> Number one. The, the idea that Batman is just kind of this loner vigilante type isn't actually very true. Uh, from the very beginning, Batman has been uh, bringing people into his war on crime. Um, and that's expanded to, I think they have like 11, 13 maybe people that are kind of part of the Batman family at this time. That's yeah, grown a lot. If that starts with Robin. So yeah, we're going to start with the first Robin, go through his history. We'll go through the others as well kind of talk a little bit about the significance uh, that they had in comics and then have some closing thoughts of my own um, that I couldn't fit anywhere else. Um, but with that being said, we'll start with the very first Robin, uh, Dick Grayson. So Dick Grayson, he appeared in 1940 uh, in Detective Comics number 38, and he appeared one year after Batman's debut. Um, so Batman was uh, first appeared in 1939, and then Robin followed the next uh, year. Um, and the big like idea for why Robin uh, was introduced into the comics was that we had Batman, the Dark Knight detective, who they kind of viewed as a mysterious Sherlock Holmes type. And they soon realized that it's important to have somebody to kind of bounce dialogue off of whenever you have that type of character, or else the audience might be a bit behind on what Batman is looking at, what clues he's observing, or, you know, you have to have the, the thought bubble thing where you constantly have the circles that are above his head being like, this is what I'm seeing. And that can get old pretty quick. So yeah, it's helpful to explain it to Robin, who can be indicative of the audience. Yes. And take that place. Exactly. And that's why Robin was originally a kid. He's a, a boy who was originally a circus acrobat, um, whose parents were killed by a Gotham mob. And so Bruce Wayne took him under his wing, trained him, and made him uh, into a, a crime fighter as well, or like Batman. And so they were, again, from the very start, Batman kind of had his Robin. And some important things about Dick Grayson that I think are notable, he's not just kind of the, the cheesy, goofy sidekick. He actually, like, is a notable leader. So he led two iterations of the Teen Titans teams, uh, one from the 1960s and one from the 80s. On top of that, uh, he eventually graduated from the Robin role and became Nightwing, and that was in 1984. Um, he officially stopped being Robin and grew into a mantle of his own, which yes. I... 44 years of being Robin before it became Nightwing. Right, and to be, like, just to clarify, comic book time doesn't exactly work the same way that our time works. So what might be, like, five years um, of our time probably only translates to maybe a couple months in the DC comics. Depending on the continuity. Or, like, you know, you have tens of years of Dick Grayson being Robin. That probably only translated to, like, six or seven years of him being Robin in the comics. So it works a lot differently. But yeah, whenever somebody thinks about Robin, Dick Grayson's kind of the first person that they go to. 
he's considered the gold standard, but I also think he is notable because he definitely shows the lighter side of Batman. Um, he was originally introduced as the laughing daredevil, again, kind of showing off a more lighthearted personality in that Batman's kind of mode of crime fighting doesn't always have to be so grim and brooding, but you can have a lighter character um, that kind of brings, you know, some light into the darkness that is Gotham City. But yeah, moving on from Dick Grayson, we have our second Robin, uh, Jason Todd. Back in the day, Dick Grayson was off leading the Teen Titans team, um, as we previously mentioned. Uh, but the Batman writers wanted to have Bat or, uh, Robin back in the original Batman comic book, because um, Robin had been absent for a long time. But he was and he'd become such an iconic character for right. Batman was to have a Robin. So it's great to see him grow the Dick Grayson Robin grow to be Nightwing. However, it's still it's almost a not a almost a necessity to have that Robin to right. Batman. Right. So they decided to create a new character, and they named him Jason Todd. And his original version was essentially just a copy of Dick Grayson. Like, literally his origin, his personality were basically the exact same. Uh, circus acrobat whose parents were killed by a Gotham uh, villain. I think it was Killer Croc this time. It's a common occurrence. Yeah, so, yeah, because that happens all the time. Um, but then they eventually went back uh, after a, a continuity shift that happened in DC. They rebooted all of their comics with a new continuity. And they decided to make some changes to the Jason Todd character. And so with this, uh, he was no longer... An acrobat was actually a, an orphan street youth um, who was caught trying to steal the tires off of the Batmobile. Um, so Batman, you know, takes him in, tries getting him a better path. Uh, but Jason never really took with Batman's brand of uh, crime fighting. Um, instead, he wanted to do a lot more brutal slash maiming uh, of criminals. He wanted to be the executioner and the judge. Yes, judge and executioner for sure. Um, there, it's actually implied that he might have killed a couple of people as Robin and he just you know, decided to not tell Batman. Um, he wasn't very popular with comic fans because they uh, held an event called Death in the Family in 1988 where fans voted to uh, have Jason Todd basically die at the end of the story or if he was going to live. Yeah, I remember you telling me about this. Yeah, and so they had two different 800 numbers, um, and people called to one of the two to see if, you know, which one was, call this if you wanted to live, call this one if you wanted to die. The result was Jason died, which I thought, you know, my thinking is that they probably would have killed him anyway, because um, the image of Batman holding the dead Robin is now iconic. It's, it's a very iconic image. And it sold a lot of books. Um, but he eventually did return, um, as all dead comic book characters do eventually. In 2005, he returned as the Red Hood, uh, which was very poetic because the person who killed him was the Joker, and the Red Hood was originally the identity that Joker had before he underwent his bleaching green hair transformation. So it's kind of poetic irony there. But yeah, so he has returned and is a lot more of a... He's hero to anti-hero, depending on who's writing him. Mm. Um, he's officially been brought back to the fold of the Bat family, um, but is definitely a lot uh, more edgy than some of the other more traditional Robins, uh, like Dick Grayson. And our next Robin, who we'll talk about, the third Robin, my personal favorite, uh, Tim Drake. So he appeared in Batman number 442 in December of 1989. So the big conceit when they were making this Robin is that they wanted to not make the same mistakes that they made with the Jason Todd character. You know, Jason was rough around the edges. He didn't like crime fighting Batman's way. He was very rebellious. Um, and, you know, you're a punk kid. Are you going to really say no to Batman? No, like, you're done. Uh, so they wanted to kind of make the ultimate Robin. 
So what they did is they created a character who is a highly skilled detective. In fact, he is said to be the second greatest detective in the DC Comics universe after Batman. And it's Batman, an his, impressive title to hold. Exactly. There's some, there's some pretty good detectives in really? the detective comic. Indeed. Literally detective comics. <laughs> detective books. comics. But Batman himself has even said that one day Tim will uh, surpass him as the world's greatest detective. He also brought in a much more modern look because at, at that point, the only Robin look that had existed was the one from 1940, the pixie boots and the short shorts. It was in need of an upgrade. It needed an update. So Dick had worn that, Jason wore that. When they went with Tim, they were like, no, let's actually give this guy some pants. Honestly, like any modern Robin, Robin costume has been like based off of the original Tim Drake version. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very important just for the, the visual evolution of the character. He also held his own monthly series from 93 to 2009. Um, so he was so popular with fans that he got his own book. He wasn't just appearing in Batman books or uh, other team-up books, but he was like in his own thing. And again, that was because he was such a good detective. He was so analytical. He could carry his own stories. He didn't need, you know, a, uh, a Batman figure to always you know, ask questions. So he was the one that was observing and asking questions. He eventually kind of built his own kind of uh, supporting cast in his own books. And again, there was definitely crossover with Batman. Uh, they still operated out of the, the same city, out of the same cave. But he was very much his own hero who worked with Batman as opposed to being the, the goofy sidekick that you know just kind of sits around while Batman does the actual work. But yeah, Tim Drake is definitely the first modern Robin, I'd say, is super important to kind of how the character has evolved uh, in the 21st century. Which moves us to the fourth Robin, uh, Stephanie Brown. Um, so she was not... Well, people go back and forth on whether she should be counted as an official Robin or not. She originally started um, as a partner slash love interest of Tim Drake's Robin in his book. Um, She actually appeared in Robin number 126. She worked under the identity of Spoiler, but there was a point where Tim Drake had to walk away from the Robin identity for a little bit. So she was the one who adopted that mantle back while he was gone. But what ended up happening is that she was killed in this event called War Games that was devastating to the Bat family for a lot of reasons, uh, but most notably her death. Some people have speculated the only reason that she was brought in as a Robin was the fact that they wanted the image of a dead Robin. Uh, again. Yeah, because it sold so well the first time with was Jason Todd. Yeah, so they were like, let's do that again, but Tim Drake was too popular, so they were like, we'll, we'll make Stephanie Brown die. And There's a whole suitcase of reasons of why that's not good especially not for um, Tim Drake in his own series because she was a very important part of his book um, and a great character in her own right and she was kind of unceremoniously killed and people were really upset about that but again like in most cases she eventually came back to life or it was proven that she never actually died again comics are confusing Um, sometimes poorly written oftentimes poorly written (laughs) but she became Batgirl for a bit uh, while Barbara Gordon was out of the role so uh, she held that, I think, for about four or five years. But now, since Barbara Gordon has returned as Batgirl, she has resumed her identity as uh, Spoiler, uh, and her and Tim Drake are continuing their relationship. So I, I wish them the best. Good for them. <laughs> um, and then we have our final Robin. This is one Damian Wayne. And if that last name sounds familiar, it is because Damian is the... Love child, clone, 
it's very vague of what he is, but he is supposedly Bruce Wayne and Talia Al Ghul's kid. Um, and it's not very, it's not ex- made explicit about how this happened, um, but we are known that he has Bruce Wayne's uh, DNA. DNA. But he was originally a part of a, a book called Batman, Son of the Demon uh, in 1987, which people thought was an out of continuity story, like it was its own thing. Um, but then the writer Grant Morrison was like, no, that story actually did happen. And Damian Wayne does exist. Um, so he's been reintroduced uh, to the original DC Comics continuity in the 2000s um, and became Robin in 2009. He originally saw, served as Robin under Dick Grayson. Bruce Wayne was presumed dead at the time. Mm. So Dick Grayson took uh, the mantle of Batman, became Batman, and then Damian became his Robin, which was a good contrast because we had a very lighthearted Batman in Dick Grayson and a very like dark, moody uh, Robin and Damian Wayne, um, which makes sense. He was uh, trained and raised by the League of Shadows. Uh, so he is an assassin who happens to be a kid. And his methods of dealing with crime are a lot different than the rest of the Bat families. Again, much more uh, willing to cross the line of killing criminals, but he's since backed away from that under the positive influence of Dick Grayson and Bruce Wayne and other members of the Bat family. He's had a lot of time to develop as a character i'd say a lot of people weren't a huge fan of him um, when he first started the mantle again because he was very rough around the ed- edges but kind of a jason todd ish very much like a jason todd but since he's gotten the opportunity to kind of bloom as a character more people have really begun to like him i i personally feel that's what's happened with me uh, and damian wayne i also like he has a relationship with jonathan kent who is superman's uh son at the moment uh, again, com- com- comic books are weird. Um, so Superman has a son. Named uh, Superboy. Named Superboy. And they have a really fun dynamic because we have Jonathan Kent who's trying to be like the the really, you know, squeaky clean, good kid. And then you have Damon Wayne who's, you know, willing to bend some roles. Mm. Um, so it's a really fun dynamic between the two of them. His yeah, Damian, sorry, Damian Wayne, one of the things that, I, that I've enjoyed about him is that he's appeared a lot more in the DC animated movies that mm-hmm. are in Batman so you've got as uh, a son of Batman is a uh, son, son of Batman Batman versus Robin mm. uh, he was in the the newer DC animated uh, Teen Titans movies yep. not to be confused with Teen Titans go but yeah he's he's had a lot more um, appearances as of late yeah but yeah they've been pretty good yeah uh his future as of right now is to be determined a lot of people have speculated that he is going to be the, the Robin who eventually takes up the Batman mantle for good, which again makes sense. He is like Damian Wayne, Bruce Wayne's son. But again, future is unknown. And because comics are one big soap opera that never truly ends, it may never happen. But with that being said, uh, we'll move into more of the significance of the identity and kind of talk about why I think Robin is important. So as I said earlier, Robin is kind of Batman's uh, Watson. So the way that you know you have a really highly intelligent character like your Sherlock Holmes who bounces dialogue and ideas off of Watson. That's the same kind of role that Robin fills for Batman. And this is way before we had you know your character like Alfred or Commissioner Gordon who are kind of seen as uh, Batman's confidants. Yeah, confidants. Like before any of them, there was there was Robin. We only had Robin kind of serving as his partner uh, in that way. I think another thing that goes overlooked about Robin is that he was originally based on uh, Robin Hood. Really? Um, yeah. So most people will get the idea that 
We have a Batman, so he's based off of the animal. So Robin must also be based off the animal. Uh, and that's not true. Uh, his original design, if you actually kind of look at it, the reds and the greens are indicative of like an old school Robin Hood illustration. And they wanted to call him the Robin Hood, but it's a bit too wordy. Copyright. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, don't I don't necessarily know copyright at the time because he's definitely public domain now. But it was a bit too wordy, so they just decided to short it to the Robin. And I think that should be noted that, again, it's not just a kid dressing up as a multicolored bird, but he's supposed to be like a mysterious, you know, justice fighter. I think the cool thing about Robin is that, or I guess the, the idea that they wanted to roll with was that they wanted kids to have a superhero that they think they could be. Um, you know, where Marvel, their conceit is they're just going to make the kid the hero. Uh, take Spider-Man, for instance, you know, a teenager who, you know, pretends to be an adult person while he's in the superhero costume. DC was doing that, but they didn't want, you know, the full, you know, adult title. They wanted kids to be like, oh, no, that kid is my age and he's out there fighting crime. And again, that kind of is both good and bad because while, while kids might relate to that character, you have to start asking logical questions as you get older and you're like, why is Batman letting a nine-year-old help him fight crime? That's highly irresponsible. So it gets a bit tricky there, but I do think it's really cool that DC seeks, you know, show that kids are, are powerful and can be and are like effective members of society. I also think that it's important to recognize that uh, he is the first superhero sidekick. He is the prototype for any character who pals around with the, the main hero. Uh, that comes from Robin. So, you know, you have your your Speedy for your Green Arrow, Aqualad to Aquaman, Kid Flash to Flash. Like all those characters are basing their ideas off of Robin. Um, and I'd say that while he's imitating, he's never duplicated. Mm -hmm. um, the amount of Robins and the diversity between them and their characters and just the evolution that he's gone through the past 80 years is unprecedented. And I don't think that any other, I mean, maybe uh, Wally West's Kid Flash eventually his journey in becoming Flash maybe might be a good comparison. But again, I think just the, the pure number of how many Robins we've had yeah. is, is very telling how effective this character is. I also think something that's cool about Robin is that he can kind of serve as the the good cop to, to Batman's bad cop. Because the entire point of Batman is that he's supposed to strike fear into hearts of criminals. Whereas Robin might offer up like an alternative of like, if someone's not motivated by fear, maybe they will be motivated by finding, you know, kind of a common ground with this, this more lighthearted kid character. You have a big scary Batman who just scares the crap out of you. They might have more compassionate. Yeah, you have a more compassionate Robin who they might be willing to open up to. I also think that because of his character design, because of you have those brighter characters, you're communicating a lot to the audience just visually. Um, that's why I really like Tim Drake's design as Robin, because it incorporates a lot of the darker elements while also communicating that this is a more lighthearted character. Um, he's not as you know driven by the darkness as Batman, but he is you know a serious crime fighter. Whereas I think Jason Todd, his design was basically just Dick Grayson's design, and it didn't really work because he was a darker character, still wearing the pixie boots uh, and the short shorts, and it just kind of clashed with the character that they were portraying. And I think it, more modern comics have gone out of their way to update the individual looks of each Robin, giving them their own little flavor. But I think that, again, just keeping the, the contrasting colors of, you know, the red, green, the yellow really helped to convey that he is a lighter character and not just a another dark avenger like batman i think another thing uh that is important to recognize is that 
Robin changes with the times just as much as Batman. Um, so Batman started off as this mysterious detective, eventually kind of making his way into more lighthearted sci-fi type adventures, eventually back into the more dark and brooding character. And I'd say that's kind of stuck around even to now. But Robin's kind of gone through a lot of similar transformations. So, you know, you had Dick Grayson, who started off as, you know, the laughing daredevil, lighthearted, but, you know, still getting the job done to showing how much of an effective leader he is uh, under the Teen Titans, seeing that he has actual like, leadership capabilities. Jason Todd in the 80s was very much a hardened street youth who, like, wasn't taking crap from anybody. Uh, and again, not just a, a goofy kid. Tim Drake was a is a martial arts uh, slash detective master. He is a formidable hero in general, not just for a sidekick. And then you have Damian Wayne, who's a trained assassin. So they're not just characters, you know, not just the lighthearted, goofy uh, interpretations, the holy blank Batman. Like Robin does change and does evolve as the character of Batman, the continuity of DC Comics also evolves. Um, but yeah. I have a couple more closing thoughts, um, but do you have any uh, questions that you want to Yeah, ask? I, I feel I, like I've just been going on a roll and not letting you speak much at all. No, it's totally fine. Part of this is just for me to, to listen and learn. So yeah, I did have a couple of questions actually. So um, you kind of already answered one of them, which was the where do you rank Robin in all time to sidekicks? It sounds like the quintessential sidekick, oh, the, yeah. the prototype sidekick. You know, something that you've told me before is that Robin came about before Wonder Woman was even created. Yeah. So very old, very iconic idea idea of a sidekick. Uh, you've already told me which Robin was your favorite with uh, yeah. Tim and Tim Drake. So you answered that one. Marvel, in comparison to Marvel, you know, DC and Marvel, a lot of people will be more familiar with Marvel because of the, yeah. the success of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Who do you think Marvel has been trying to get to that, like the quintessential sidekick on mm-hmm. their end to try and compete with Robin? Yeah, I think... Again, as I kind of already said, Marvel doesn't necessarily go for, like, the the kid sidekick so much. But what they did before they were officially Marvel Comics, um, I think they were timely um, at the time. Like, basically, kind of the company that was a precursor to Marvel. Whenever they made Captain America, their first iteration of that character had a sidekick named Bucky. Mm. Um, so, again, if you're familiar with the MCU, you had Bucky Barnes, um, the Winter Soldier. He originally was a kid sidekick to Captain America. And again, very much, if you look at his design, um, he has like the mask and the, the tights and you're like, yeah, this this kid is just a red, white, and blue version of Robin. But that's definitely like the Robin character for the Marvel comics. Um, and similar to Jason Todd, he uh, remained dead for many, many, many years. And then when he was brought back in the 2000s, he came back as a much darker mm-hmm. character. Yeah, Winter um, Soldier. Yeah, Winter Soldier. So I think it's kind of cool that those characters kind of parallel each other a little bit in their many iterations yeah that's that's really that's really interesting i thought about that one uh last one is uh who do you think has had a more influential time or an influence on damian wayne do you think that it was dick grayson who was playing batman and they kind of helped tutor him in, in at least some of the iterations and writings or do you think it's actually bruce wayne i would say i think it's a solid 50 50 yeah i think dick grayson being kind of that older brother figure who's wasn't necessarily like the one to come down hard on Damien whenever he messed up, but was definitely the one who's showing him like, you know, again, you don't have to be just a dark, broody crime fighter. Like you can choose to see the good in people. 
Uh, I think that has had definite ramifications on Damian Wayne. But I also think that it's important that Damian does have an actual father. He had uh, Talia Ghul as his mother, but his main upbringing was through training, through fighting. So he's kind of just been a character who is all about you know, proving himself. Mm. Um, but I think what's really cool is that when you see the Batman-Robin relationship between Bruce and Damian, is that it's more of like a approval that Bruce already gives Damian. He already loves Damian. And Damian doesn't have to like earn that from Bruce. Um, and it causes him to soften up a bit and kind of drop his walls, which I think is really sweet side of Batman that, again, I don't think we get to see in a lot of constant movies, but just getting to see that he does truly care about his son and isn't going to, you know, he's definitely going to discipline him whenever he does something wrong, um, you know, crime fighting in a more brutal, harsh way. Batman's going to definitely discipline him for those things, but, like, his love for Damien, like, is never in question. I think that's really, really sweet to see. Nice. Um, but yeah, good question. Yeah, uh, so let's let's hear your closing thoughts on on the character of Robin and the yeah. Batman mythos. Absolutely. Um, so again, I've, I've said this in some other ways, but I'll go ahead and just kind of get out my, my big ideas that I think Robin is a pillar of DC Comics that most people just kind of overlook. I think if you look at the types of characters who have taken up the Robin mantle and just their impact on the Batman stories of their times, and just the many contributions they've made to the different areas and corners of the DC universe, the Robin mantle is important. I think that Robin represents a lot of evolution and progress in comics. Um, again, you see kind of the many iterations of Robin changing with the times, but I also think that it shows that there is a time where Batman is going to have to stop. You know, again, comics, the idea is that they never end. You know, you always close one story and then you open up. Or, you know, you have a change in status quo, but eventually it's kind of returned to some level of normality. But with the many Robins, as you continue to build up this mantle and this legacy, you're getting to realize that Bruce Wayne's getting older. He is going to have to stop being Batman eventually, and one of these men or women is going to have to take up his mantle for good one day. I think that's important that whenever you have that Robin, you're essentially what Robin or what Batman is doing is he is multiplying himself. He recognizes that he cannot fulfill his task of a crime-free goth by himself. So he's going to train others to do what he one day will not be able to do, to carry on that legacy. And I think in that, the Robin character, the Robin identity has a legacy of its own. Again, kind of being that light, that, that spark of hope in Gotham City, showing that you know there are good people that live here that can be their own heroes that we're not just relying on Batman to solve our problems but we can step into it ourselves inspired by Batman and doing things like him but also doing it in a way that reflects their individual personalities their individual strengths and so I think the key thing is that Batman definitely needs a Robin I think he does need someone to keep him accountable while he's out there fighting crime it's being called into question the level of sanity Bruce Wayne has. Is he just as mentally scarred as the villains that he faces? Um, to have a Robin there with him and kind of keep him back from going into the full darkness that a lot of his villains end up but do make that choice. Um, so to have a Robin who's constantly keeping him in check, keeping him accountable, um, I think is important. Um, and again, I think it shows that kind of inspiration that Bruce Wayne slash Batman aren't just trying to put out fires, but they're actually trying to cause change Again, not only in the city, but in himself. He's trying to be a better man. And by you know, having a responsibility like a child or a partner, 
that's going to keep him responsible. It's going to cause him to change for the better. <clears throat> and so, yeah, some final things. If you want to know more about the Robin and the interpretations of Robin that I really like, uh, you can pick up uh, the Robin monthly series that was from 1993-2009. Again, that was starring Teen Drake, the third Robin. Or you could look into the Teen Titans animated series from the 2000s. Again, that interpretation, it's not made 100% clear which Robin it is, but it's highly implied that it is Richard Grayson. Or if you want to have many Robins that are in the same series and kind of get to see all their leadership capabilities, I would look into you watching Young Justice That's definitely good. the first two seasons. It's really, really good. Uh, the third season has dropped on the DC Universe mm -hmm. app slash platform. I haven't watched too much of that. I wasn't too impressed with it. But the first two seasons of Young Justice, solid. solid. They give some really, really good uh, interpretations of the Robins. Yeah. So yeah, that's all I have to talk about the the Robin mantle and legacy. Hopefully this didn't bore y'all to tears, but y'all are actually inspired to learn more about Robin and the Batman family as a whole. Yeah. Well, thank you, Trevor, for sharing just something that you are passionate about. And that's that's kind of the idea of this podcast. Thank you for listening to the Dimes Alone podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. This podcast was created for the purpose of gathering friends together to discuss topics they are passionate about. If you enjoyed the podcast, share the love with a friend. Follow us on Instagram at Dimes Alone. And if you are interested in coming on the podcast or have thoughts on something we should discuss, please DM us. We appreciate y'all and we'll see you next time.